Right, welcome to special number two. Um, hopefully you enjoyed special number one. Hopefully you enjoyed the weekly podcast where you can obviously hear all the music and stuff. We're games, brains, headbanging life. I didn't mention any of this in the first special. That's so fucking annoying. So I'm going to do it now if you're checking this out. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, all the usual places, and check out the site. It's gbhbl.com. Don't worry about putting in the long title, Games, Brains, Headbanging Life. Just put a gbhbl.com and you'll find us. And this special number two is we're basically going to focus on what well, was got, originally was going to be the top 10 albums ever, is what I said to you. And yeah. then, like, I think a couple of hours later, a message was like, yeah, that's too hard. That's yeah. like, not going to work. I tried. I tried so hard. <laughs> I think I got two down and then I just I kept just writing albums down and going I oh, know be kind of that you gotta have that yeah and I think we basically settled on we haven't really settled on what it is it's no we're just I guess we're just going to talk about 10 or, or, or an amount of albums that are important to us yeah, yeah we're just going to talk about some of the albums that are important to us over the course of our relatively short young lives well yeah kind of, <laughs> yeah basically kind of young. <laughs> yeah and like it isn't like because that makes me think oh well that's just all going to be set in the past but you'd be surprised because a lot of like modern music and a lot yeah. of things in the last 10 or so years have really made made a massive impact what we're pla- what we'll hopefully do is we'll tell you albums that are important to us at points in our life and then regale you with hilarious stories that would be the That's, point i guess yeah so you want to start what with the first album yeah all right because we might actually have some crossover with, with some of these and if we do then i guess yeah. i'll chime in okay i'm gonna oh where should i start all right i'm gonna start at probably when I was younger, it was actually the band that was my first gig. Um, it was not their first album, and it is Cradle of Filth's Cruelty and the Beast. Okay. <laughs> I did I did think about Cradle, but I couldn't. Well, it was Cra- not- Cruelty and the Beast came out for me at a time where I was, again, I think I mentioned this in the previous special, the Machina special, where I was already into heavy metal, and I was looking for shock. I was looking for more. Yeah. Um, and... I, what song did I hear? I can't remember the song, to be honest with you. It was probably one of the, there weren't really singles for Cradle of Filth, were there? But I think it was Cruelty Brought the Orchids, um, which starts off with about a 27, 28 second long screech, scream, yell. And I just remember that blowing my mind. I was like, that's mental. That's Mm. crazy. So I was young and I wanted to go to a concert and my friend at the time, a guy called Stephen Bushnell, um, we you just <laughs> yeah I know but hey I haven't seen them for, Hi, for a long time but if you listen to Stephen give me a call <laughs> yeah so um, we got his mum to buy us tickets well, I got to jump in I know the man you're talking about why was he going to Cradle he was into metal oh, okay never, into metal. I'm surprised never seemed like the kind of guy he wasn't, a, he wasn't originally okay he was one of my one of my most successful converts oh fair news, fair news. <laughs> you know so he probably became more metal than me at some point but yeah, so we yeah his mum bought us tickets to the Cradle of Filth gig, and I remember me and him going to it, and we were like, um, we were the wrong type of metal, you know what I mean? We was like open boots, combat trousers, black oh, t-shirts. Oh god, yeah. Turned up there to the queue, and everyone was in like PVC and leather, and we was like, oh, what have we done? Yeah, here? Cradle for sure. We went in there, yeah, and the, and the gig just blew, blew us away. Was this, just, where was this? A story? This was at the Astoria. Yeah, because it was dead big yeah. haunt, weren't it? Really? It was absolutely fantastic. We were too young. We got a little bit too drunk. Stephen got a bit sick. I wasn't feeling very great. I got my finger bitten. I remember getting my finger bitten when I crowd surfed. My first ever time crowd surfing at my what? first gig. What a dick. And I don't know if he bit on purpose or not, but while my hand was flailing anyway, it ended up, my little finger ended up in someone's mouth. Oh, <laughs> that's, and, well, that's horrible. Yeah, and then and that was it. And, you know, uh, I guess for that album, it's the first... And I know, all right, okay, let's, let's get all the controversy going. It's mm. the first proper black metal album that I listened to. Okay, yeah. 
and that was my journey to becoming a fan of darker more traditional black metal yeah it started with cradle the crossover band oh yeah i mean i'm you know as much as i'm in a black metal and as much as i'd love to be like yeah i go into it with emperor and yeah burzum and stuff yeah. like that no it was cradle of filth because <laughs> um yeah it was cradle of filth it was simple as that because um my first time ever seeing cradle of filth live was with you i don't even remember this it was your story again i bought a cheap knuckle knockoff t-shirt from outside the astoria that yeah. had the right album on the front, but the wrong tour dates in yeah. the back. I kept that. I've still got that because is it that, made me laugh so much. One, I'm unsure if it's the same one, but I've got one as well, which is, uh, it's got Thornography on That's the front. That's it, yeah. yeah I, I, I think we both bought the same shirt. Fucking, fucking, yeah, don't, uh, they don't it's exist cool, anymore. People think that I went to that gig as well, so. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was ill, man. I had a cold, so I've got very, not great memories of it in that sense. But obviously we've seen them loads since then. Yeah, absolutely. Weird love, you mentioned um, Creating a Beast. I'm surprised you didn't mention the one thing because right, so your room back when we lived with our parents. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's where your room albums, of metal. Yeah, all your albums and CDs and stuff. You know, stuck to the wall. I used to help myself to them and listen to them. So, do you not remember having from the Cradle to Enslave EP? Yeah, the that EP? came after. After, because that's what I yeah. remember finding. Yeah, and listened to because you always had an accompanying DVD or video yeah, tape. Yeah, because it was like a design, like a coffin. You opened it up and it was like a red kind of velvet inside. And right, okay, yeah. yeah. And it had all the making of and, you know, stuff like that. But that came after. Oh, yeah. did it? Okay. That was released after the album. So I was into Cradle. That's why I bought it because I was into Cradle now from Cruelty and the Beast, which was also because I did have the Jesus is a naughty word t-shirt. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm meant to say it or not. <laughs> yeah. It's an adult It's an yeah. adult thing. It's Jesus, Jesus is a cunt t-shirt with none yeah. on the front. Yes. So I did have that, and I actually can hold my hands up and say I did walk through Woolwich High Street wearing that, and I did get told to take it off by a policeman. Yeah, some bullshit. You know, not being told to take it off, but wearing it. I've it, got one, but I would never. I'd wear love it. to say that being hardcore. You know, I told him no, I'll wear whatever I want, but I was a kid, I didn't. I took it off and walked through with bare chested. I, I owned a t-shirt <laughs> as well, just because I wanted to have it. But um, while I would never have worn it because I got it only a couple of years ago, just to have it. Um, totally unrelated story but probably the most embarrassing thing that's happened to me in my entire adult life is I have a t-shirt by Faith and More that I bought from a Faith and More gig at the Roundhouse a couple of years ago it has the words mother on the front and fucker on the back yeah. name of the song anyway I like that t-shirt but I was like you got to be careful where you wear it um, I wore that t-shirt inadvertently into my son's judo class and got told to leave. Had a bloke, one of the judo people come up to me and say, mate, you can't wear that here. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. You don't even think about it. That's the thing. It's just words and a band shirt, yeah. isn't it? You just put them on. I was... You know? I was the band shirts with swear words. After that, for a long time, I'd basically just be like, write down, write down I'll meet you outside. Because <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I'm yeah. to walk back through that thing going, oh my God, I've got the word fucker. And they're like, what is this guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, so Cradle, right. So I'm going to go pick my... Um... Oh, I'm just going to go with the the biggest one on here because it is that important. And it's Metallica's Master of Puppets. Now, for a long, long time, I used to chop and change between which one I thought was more relevant and important to me was Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning. Because mm-hmm. for me, Ride the Lightning had so many songs I kind of um, remembered the most from Whom the Bell Tolls, Fight Fire Over Fire, Creeping Death, and so on. Great fucking songs. But it was only when I got a little bit older that I looked back and went, but everything in Master Puppets I love. Because um, I don't like Trapped Under Ice off Ride the Lightning. I don't like it. Right. It's um, really, it uh, just doesn't do much for me. And even Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu, whatever it is, um, I'm not, I think probably the weakest instrumental they've got, especially when you compare it to Orion, which is of Master Fucking yeah. Puppets. Yeah. And then there was things like, I, I, I knew Master Puppets, the obvious songs, Master Puppets, Battery. Um, and then there was, oh fuck, I can't remember the title of the damn song. 
You will do what I say when I back say to back the, to the front. Um, that fucking one. Yeah. Like, I think it's called the front lines. Um, no, no, no. No, no. That's, no, that's, um, that's me. That's doing machine head again. That's a machine head. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, yeah, because we're recording this one directly after doing yeah. the machine head one. Um, so yeah, like that, that, that later one, I was like, I went back and listened to it. I was like, that's really fucking good. And I, I just think it's a complete album. I remember, yeah, no, I mean. It's the most complete Metallica I, album. I agree with you. You know, and it's probably the one Especially Orion, especially Orion. Yeah, Orion's still one of those songs today that if it comes on, I wouldn't dare skip it. We'd never skip it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I enjoy every minute of it. I remember actually, uh, my favourite song on that album for so long was Leper Messiah. Oh God, yes, it's which is like such a you know, it's not people don't talk about songs like your one and Leper Messiah. They talk about Master. They talk about Battery. Uh, even the more things. Uh, Welcome uh, home. The thing that should not be. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. all them they all get a little bit of um, talk, but I went through that album. And at some point, probably every song on that album was a favourite for a period of time. You know, Sanitarium, you know, every every one of them at some point was a favourite song. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. Um, Disposable Heroes. Disposable, Disposable Heroes. Heroes. That's the one I can remember. And I was terrible. like, oh, I love the song. I can't fucking remember the title of it. Uh. it always happens. But yeah, um, that, like, that's still as important to me as it was back then. You know, I was lucky with Metallica is... Although my entry point was Black Album, because mm-hmm. uh, that was what was out at the time, quickly I went backwards yeah. and found everything before, and then followed them onwards basically. Yeah. So it was really, you know, it was that was a great journey for me, you know. So Master Puppets always, um, and always will be. And I think um, getting to see Orion live, the yeah. first time I saw them, Wembley Stadium, two thousand and seven, Sick of the Studio. Um, as shit is like on reflection I, I talked about on the other podcast on reflection mm-hmm. that ain't a show actually holds great in my memory just to get a bit of credit for myself here as well it, is, um, you, he leaned into the know, laptop I'm talking because there's a microphone picture on it <laughs> it's I keep talking about it's fucking confusing that's right sound but yeah um, they were they machine had replaced uh, bullet for my valentine bullet for my you know I couldn't yeah. fucking remember no that's why that's my little bit of credit it, it proves was I was listening to the podcast bullet for yeah. my valentine you're right and it was something we were really happy about because yeah no, we were happy about it, but bullets. we were actually. We was, I remember we talked about it in length, saying that the only way it could have been better is if him had dropped off and replaced the machine head. Yeah, you know, because it was um, it was Mastodon, wasn't it? Mastodon, him would uh, Mastodon machine head. Yeah, then him would have main one. Then Metallica, yeah. so it would have been better to be Mastodon bullet machine head Metallica. Yeah, him was such an odd one. Yeah. I, we always remember it, like basically the people that were in there. We were seated up high for it. Yeah. And we're watching the people down below doing conga lines throughout him and oh. just watching a band crash and burn, man. Yeah. You know? But then yeah, there you go. Yeah, it happens. I mean, you know, to be fair to be fair to him, they're pretty unfortunate, I guess, in a way that uh, Machine Head were brought in to be yeah. underneath them because they were pretty popular at the point. Metallica were raving about Machine Head. Yeah. They become friends somehow. You know, perfect for me. You know, we talked in the previous podcast about the fact that Metallica were that band that we always say were the one that you know, yeah. got us in the metal and then Machina became my favourite band and all of a sudden they're both touring together. Touring together, like, yeah. Holy shit, this yeah. is awesome. You know, so poor him suddenly got Machine Head and then like, then them and then Metallica, you know, it's like, it's almost like the worst yeah, but, sandwich to be in. And it's, it's like, it's an impossible, when it came their way, how could you turn it down? No. Stadium. But it probably would have worked a lot better for them if Bullet had been there because um, musically, I don't know, maybe, I'm not saying there's more similarities but it might have brought a fan base and might have appreciated him a little bit more. I think with Bullet's yeah. younger, more accessible style of yeah, metal, yeah. it certainly could have helped them. But you're right, Machine about Basically, there would have been a few parts. more birds in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, what's your next one? All right, so we'll stick with Metallica then. Oh, okay. Um, and I 
toyed hard with this man because I, I am a massive Metallica fan. I know we all are. Yeah. And I, at some point, every album they've released, every? When, we talk, when we talk about those early oh, three okay. or four, the f- yeah. were like long played. You know, Kill 'em All at one point, I, I, I probably wore out three, four CDs with the Four Horsemen. Yeah, you know, God, yeah. Over and over yeah. and over again. But actually, the one that I settled on as the most influential for me ended up being uh, And Justice For All. Um, weirdly, because I know a lot of people give it a lot of grief for its sound, but I actually, when it when it came out, and I was maybe less knowledgeable about music and the instruments and everything, you I, I liked the sound. I thought it sounded really heavy yeah, and chubby. Yeah. I was like, oh, look, they've got a bit groove, a bit rhythm here. Yeah. You know? I never noticed the bass no, thing I until I really understood. But, you know, when you think about the songs on, on that, uh, Harvester of Sorrow, Such And Justice for All, one. Blackening, One, um, oh, what's the instrumental called? I know the prayer in it. When a man dies, he murders some part of the world. So there's a pale death that men miscall their lives. Um, it is. I'm going to bring it up. I'm bring it up. Well, the entire track list is Black End, The Justice for All, Eye the Beholder, One, The Shortest Straw, Harvester of Sorrow, Afraid Aid, Ends of Sanity, uh, To, to Live is To Die, yeah. and Dyer's Eve. That's probably a forgotten track, Dyer's so, Eve, man. I remember, yeah, I, you know, I, did, I could go through memories for it forever, but essentially, listening to that album, there were bits in it that blew my mind musically mm. um things that these days confuse me because you know like Lars is a terrible drummer or maybe apparently apparently and, you know, yeah sorry that's not my opinion but this is what people say Lars is a terrible drummer but actually it's probably his drumming in at the end of the song one that originally maybe <laughs> the song <laughs> one so yeah. much you know um the song and justice for all itself was my favorite metallica song for years that's oh slow, god yes yeah. such slow, a great fast, song slow, fast. You know, I always like that in metal anyway that you know slow little bit of acoustic kind of sound and then bang yeah. and then back and forward but also lyrically I think lyrically it's it's sound and sometimes Metallica can fail lyrically oh god yeah For, like tick 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 tock oh and... let's not yeah let's... <laughs> no but you know what I mean but so, they... uh, Saint Anger ain't part of this list no, no, no. <laughs> but you know so but lyrically and justice for all about your lady justice has been raped all that sort of it's, yeah. it's bang on I think it's bang on it's got solos all over it like literally the whole album is dripping in solos and that's just the first part of it and you get into the uh, like you said the shortest straw and harvester of sorrow and all that sort yeah. of thing I think it's such a good album man. it would have been it, it's, it's definitely like, it would be my third favourite yeah like, this, this, this is know? the thing and this is why it, you know whatever we say about Metallica modern day you know and the one thing at least most of the metal community agrees with is that those early albums like they're just they're another the level yeah. So, yeah the only thing that annoys me when people say that is they usually say nothing good after master and oh yeah which is me. fucking stupid and Justice for All is a bloody good metal yeah that, that's dumb uh, that, that's a dumb statement I can understand you being turned off by the Black Album or, yeah. and then Load but nothing and good after Injustice right that might be your opinion but nothing good after Master how can you not think that an album with one and Justice for All Dyer's you know all that is not a good album so yeah unless you're a bassist yeah maybe that's what it is maybe that's what it is yeah <laughs> Okay, right. Modern one. Mo- well, not modern album at all, not at all, but I only came across this band the last few years and it's the same for you now. But Blind Guardians, Nightfall and Middle Earth, I consider probably almost a, like a life-changing album because up to that point, uh, Power Metal, all I knew of Power Metal um, were your American bands and yeah. your British ones like your Dragon Forces and things. Like that. I knew of Halloween and yeah. things like that, but they, they weren't on my radar and every time I sort of heard that kind of music, it never really did much for me. Yeah. At all, and then it's I, such a confusing genre, though, isn't it? Because actually, you know, what power and folk, you know, it's, it's trying yeah. to find that which well, definitely, which I mean, one it is because like an album there's so many you know, Dragon Force and Flying Guardian, they are worlds apart, absolutely, worlds apart, you know? yeah, 
in quality as well as other things, but in 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 style. Um, Blind Guardian are new, newer to me, probably. It, you know, they are newer to me than even you, actually. Because yeah, yeah. I went to see them with you. I can't remember where it was. The forum, the I think. The forum, yeah. A couple of years back. Yeah. And that was the first time I saw Blind Guardian, mm. but also the first time I'd heard Blind Guardian because as I went to that show, other than one or two songs that I'd heard of, which I think were basically... Sacred Worlds and one other, like, you know, big, big name one. Yep. Maybe Imagination from the other side, it might yep. have been. I knew nothing of them. So I remember getting on the train and going there to meet you, thinking, like, God, this has got to be bloody terrible. This is, <laughs> like, I like a live show, but, I, you know, you like to know a couple of tracks. Don't of course, you? yeah. And I was flicking through songs, like, on my, I remember bringing my music player out, my iPhone out, thinking, right, I'm going to find, find their hits, find their hits, and then bring it up on the music player, and they're being like 13 albums or yeah. B-sides and everything. And I was like, I don't know what they're going to play. I don't know what they're going to play. You know, but I listened to a couple and I got a couple and then like, you know, I also guessed a few, a few correctly, which was quite lucky. Um, But when I left that show, I would now happily say that they are one of my favourite bands of all time. And they, the best thing about it is they convinced me at their their live performance convinced me. They're not listening to a couple of tracks on a music player. I watched it live. I watched the way they held themselves as people on stage not just as a band but the the happiness the way they you know they just looked so content and and comfortable yep while also being amazing musicians amazing guitarists and a wonderful singer and then watching the fan interaction literally as the fans oh god yeah song after song and just saying and it wasn't at least the best of my recollection it wasn't a full gig it wasn't like um sold out was it it was maybe like three quarters yeah 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 that's right yeah but the the album, you know, um, trying to think of uh, like you know, well, it doesn't really matter. But basically, every single song that came on was sung back to them louder yep. than they were able to sing it. And I was just so impressed watching it. I was like, this is amazing. Well, if you've never, if you if you're a fan of Blind Garden and you've never seen the Bard's uh, the Bard's, Bard's Tale song. live, Bard's, Bard's song, song yeah. um, live, then that's the one I think that's biggest. Yeah. Like I, I like. I don't. I, I'm not good with remembering lyrics, so like, I'm watching people and I'm trying to sort of sing along and I'm forgetting half the words and getting it wrong. Yeah. I was, um, you know, it is quite an experience. But like, Nightfall of Middle Earth for me was like, was such an eye opening to see such a themed album, but also be so incredibly catchy and so exciting. And you know, Nightfall itself as a song, the cursor, the cursor, Fenor, Mirror, Mirror, like album wise. It just it blows my it blew, blew my mind and it's still like it's still in rotation. I, I have a um, a playlist on my my um legal like music um yeah. thing that's basically what I can, the best of the best. So it's basically if I can't if I'm in a car, I tend not to listen to reviews and stuff in the car because I can't concentrate on what I'm hearing. I tend to blank it out. Yeah. I just put that playlist on and then I add songs as I go along and like songs from this are on that for that very reason. Yeah, yeah. Nope, good one, fair yeah. one as well. I haven't actually got any Blind Guardian on my list. Um, the main reason being because I did, yeah. but then I thought you wouldn't allow it. So I put Live Beyond the Spheres. Oh, that's not that's cheating. It's a live album. Yeah, because <laughs> then that had all my favourites. Yeah, I, I, I could have easily done that. I was going to do a Judas Priest yeah. best of, right? Because but you know I love Judas Priest, but there's a lot of filler yeah. and a lot of their albums, and a best of just covers thinking, everything. Because like, you know, like a lot, of, like, a lot of Blind Guardian, but because they're coming into it late, so I didn't have a favourite album of like I really like the song Imagination on the other side, I like Mordred's song, but that's on one album. Yeah, but I like Mirror Mirror and Sacred. Well, you know, like, it's, but it's all spread out. And I was like, oh, can I have that? Mm. But yeah, I didn't put it on there because I thought that might have been frowned upon. Well, yeah, it's a good thing we got crossover, eh? Okay. We will get the some that I think we are we quite will. different on. Yeah, 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 probably. I've got, a, I think I've got a couple here that might be. Right, so my next one, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Back to the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Mm. 
and my first album hearing of this band, not their first album, which is Demanufacture. Oh, Fear Factory. By Fear Factory. Oh, God. In terms of the impact that had on me yeah. as a young I Want to Be Metal guy, um, that album became my favourite album of all time for, for a long period of time. I remember sitting in where I worked, carving lyrics into a bench with a, with a work safety knife you know and people looking at the lyrics and going are you alright mate <laughs> what's wrong with yeah. you you know or I'm trying to you know just some of the songs on, on Dean Manufacture aside from just the opening song um, actually Dean Manufacture itself um, it, it, the, the first couple is like Dean Manufacture self bias resistor yeah. Zero Signal which is uh, Zero Signal is a banger Replica Dog Day Sunrise. Right, I'm glad you brought Dog Day Sunrise because we obviously went to see Fear Factory yeah. quite recently doing the 20th anniversary of, um, was it 20th anniversary of the manufacture? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't get Dog, Dog I can't stand Dog Day Sunrise. I, I think like it's it horrible. Well. I like it. I like the, um, the manufacture more back in the day as well because it's the only song on that album that, right, a lot of the songs have a lot of different elements to it, but that mm. song just stands out as like, it's almost like it's not meant for, for that album, God, <laughs> you know, yeah. in, the, in the way the chorus is. Everything's so like crunching and mechanical. And then Dog Day Sunrise is suddenly like a, I don't know, it's more of a standard metal song, you know, it's got like a, just a standard kind of riff and a standard pace to it. There's no like machine style drumming or anything like that. But uh, Zero Signal, but Replica in particular, that song with the whole I am rape, I am hate sort of side yep. of things. I mean, that song was probably for a period of time my favourite metal song of all time, like genuinely. And it had all those lyrics, you know, when you're, you're, right, you're a bit younger and all that, oh, everything's so bloody horrible. And it had all those fields of pain, a bruise of yeah. dark and soul, spare me from this life of misery and all that, you know, sort of yeah. stuff. Stuff that used to jot on your notebooks uh, at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The demanufacture was just like, it was a gold mine of miserable lyrics <laughs> mixed with like full on thrashy industrial metal. But also because I love Burton C. Bell. I think he is brilliant. I do. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I love his voice. Yeah. I do. And um, he's, when, he, when, he, when he goes full on heavy, he's heavy. He's like, you know, he's got good shout. He's got good kind of depth of his voice but yeah, he, he can, can sing scream. and it's really his singing that like makes him stand out from the crowd I think Fear Factory are credited as being the band to bring that whole heavy soft heavy, heavy soft, soft thing yeah. to the whole of metal which yeah. is one of like, the key things in metal these days because they all do it yeah, because they were doing it on the very first album yeah. with uh, Scum Grief I think it is yeah. it's there, and he'd switch and it'd be like kind of soaring very yeah because obviously you know, it'd be great to say um, that was what got me a fear factor. You know, I'm Digimortal. I'm a Digimortal boy, you know? And yeah, then obviously, yeah. you know, although it's far from my favourite album, Obsolete is the absolute, considering the quality on that from, um, what's it called, it? Edge Crusher mm-hmm. to Descent Itself and Resurrection. Resurrection. Which Fucking is hell. Resurrection is a mach- Sorry, Machine Head. <laughs> God, why are you fear, fear Factory's best song. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I think Resurrection is. Okay, yeah, because yeah, like, you know, we're still following them. Like we're still mm-hmm. keeping up to date. Although they've gone quiet for a while now, haven't they? Have, yeah, that's yeah. all right though, because in a couple of years' time, there'll be um, time for Lynchpin's twenty. Year oh, I don't know if I want it. You know, I, 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 I did <laughs> you all? You know, did you all? You know, was my introduction. But there's so many songs that I didn't like, mm-hmm. even at the time. It's not like I, I still prefer earlier stuff, and I really like a lot of the later stuff as yeah. well. Like you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Well, 
I suspect this is going to be one that is of no interest to you at all. Oh, go for it. I'm excited. Van Halen, 51-50. Nah. Yeah. No, so, no disrespect to Van Halen. It's just never, it never happened for me. Yeah, yeah. It didn't happen to me for a very, very long time. And then I... Um, so my introduction to Van Halen was uh, a movie, funny enough. And it was... Um, God, it's such an embarrassing movie to know. But if you know it, you'll agree. It's uh, the movie Ready to Rumble, which is a wrestling movie uh, to do with WCW. Mm. Uh, David Arquette and things like that. Anyway, um, there's a point in it where he sings Running with the Devil. He asks the women, do you know any Van Halen? Uh, nuns. And they end up singing Running with the Devil. Ha, 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 funny and so on. I, 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 th- I remember liking, like, even though he's just singing a bit, I thought it was cool. And I remember checking, looking into it from there. But there's always a thing with Van Halen, which is basically which side of Van Halen do you fall on? Are you with David Lee Roth? Right. You know, e.g. Yeah. early Van Halen. It's that kind of thing. Um, which I'm not. I am not. It's not that I don't like... Um, David Lee Roth stuff I really do uh, the early stuff's fantastic but what hold on one second I'm losing myself who's been in the band longer I always like to go back to that one well it kind of depends as well because they briefly came back is it a case of like a lot of people see it as it's David Lee Roth's band no, or no, no, because it's almost like two different styles, because you'd argue, argue that um, like two different bands it's the, the frontman's not, <laughs> not what's important about Halen, yeah. but Sammy Hagar, it's his music that really got me into him, the 5150 album and so on, and it's songs like Why Can't This Be Love, Dreams, you'll know Dreams, you know, yeah. um, Love I Walks In. I do know, it's like, it's like, you know, like, they're one of those bands, isn't they, like, back in the day when they did get radio playing, they did get, like, a bit of music out there. Everyone's going to know a couple of Van Halen songs aside from Jump, you know. Well, yeah, because yeah, and ultimately, you know, it's Eddie Van Halen is Van Halen. That's yeah. as simple as that, really. But um, yeah, for me, there was such a, a like going back and finding a a, a band that's been around a long time. A band that at the time wasn't on my radar because I, I wasn't really listening to much in the way of classic rock. It's weird because I, I sort of went through a phase, and this is where Van Halen and Judas Priest and all that all came my way, and I was like, holy shit, there's some wicked stuff here. Um, but Halen, this album was so important to me was that I ended up using it as a wedding, one of them as a wedding song. Yep. You know, Love Walks In was yep. a, a big deal. So yeah, Van Halen. Yep. Okay. My next one, which I'm just going to gloss over quickly because... Oh, um, I know. I, I've, I've, got, I've got a funny feeling. So this is by this band that I quite like called Machine Head. Okay. All right. No, it wasn't <laughs> the, what I thought then. Yeah. The album is Through the Ashes of Empires. Let me jump in. This is one. This is a mine as well. So yeah. Suffice to say that, you know, I love Machine Head. I think they've done a lot of great stuff. I think they've made slip-ups, so they're not, like, immune to criticism Mm. in this at all. But I think Through the Ashes of Empire is pretty close to a perfect album for me. I think it's pretty close in terms of the balance of heaviness and guitars and drums. You know, it's just the the vocals are great, the lyrics are great. I don't... There's not a song that I don't like. Um, I struggle to criticise it. I, you know, I know if I reviewed it, it would have got it would get a ten out of ten. Do you reckon? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe nine nine point five because you know. But yeah, I mean, we if you want to hear like we're glossing over this because basically, special number one is entirely about machine and we yeah. go in a lot more in depth about Ashes of Empires. Yeah. So if you really want to hear a lot more opinions on it, go back to that one. And even us glossing is quite like long. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's in here for me because of what we talked about in the other one, which is basically Descent of Shades of Night was my re-entry point after the new metal phase of oh okay this band's got something going on and then the game is on and I consider Imperium my favourite song so it had to be you know yeah right 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 uh, I'm going to go back to another oldie one as well but probably an odd one which is Guns N' Roses and not what everyone expects so basically 
People say, Wharf, what's your favourite Guns N' Roses album? And they tend to go, um, Chinese Democracy. Yeah. <laughs> Chinese Democracy. I haven't, you know, I've still not listened to that. No, I just didn't bother. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. I didn't seem pointly. Um, so I was an appetite for destruction. Guns N' Roses weren't even on my radar back then. Didn't even think. In fact, um, it was pr- it was actually Use Your Illusion 1 that was the one that kind of came out with November Rain and the mm-hmm. likes of that. But it, what, it, again, it was only a handful of songs. I was like, oh, that's cool. I saw the video for November Rain. Yep. Thought, well, it was a cool song. Thought, fuck that. They're right Ponzi bunch of kids, aren't they? You know? Mm-hmm. Fucking piano and marriage and him walking out with a guitar and doing his solo. and yeah, but it was, get, it, Wearing a bandana at a wedding. What's all that about? I never <laughs> thought they were that talented. Yeah. I thought they was good, but I thought they were overrated and... Happen like if you if you if you listen to our um, music all the time, our genre, um, you're probably like us. Fuck sweet child of mine. Not because it's a bad song, but because oh my god, it's that one probably the most yeah. overplayed song. Every single party, every single wedding, yep, every single karaoke night. You know, it's just like it's it's, it's unescapable. Yeah, and it's as soon as you hear those open bars, you want to turn it over, yeah. off, whatever. In, you know, there's loads of bands. Get yeah, there's lots of songs by lots of bands that I at some point in my life really enjoyed that have been completely killed mm. by people's inability to listen to anything else other than eighties and nineties cheesy rock at their bloody weddings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's actually Use Your Illusion too is the one that I've highlighted as the point because basically this was the point where I realized, oh shit, there actually is. Yep. they're good no, and, I agree um, but, you know, I haven't got any Guns N' Roses on my list but if I had this would have been my favourite album yeah um, I heard Knocking on Heaven's Door the cover um, and I was blown away because I thought it was um, like the emotional side that you get from Axel sometimes was really here I thought there was a point near the end of that where he it, it's like similar to what a lot of bands do now where he just slightly touches and changes his vocal style that caught me like by surprise it's hard to describe uh, yeah. you know um but like songs that like you could be mine and um, don't cry the version of don't cry on this one much better is better yeah and i then heard civil war and that to me is the best guns and roses song ever made Agreed. simply simply absolutely mind blown there's that there's the talent there's what people should be going whoa no i agree you know I yeah mean, one that's not really spoken about a lot to be honest with you but actually my favorite song for a very very long time on that album is called estranged Oh yeah, yeah, it's Which great. Is like got yeah. some of the best guitar in from Slash, I think. Yeah, that I've, I've heard him do. It, and actually, there is one song on that. Just looking through the list very, very quickly here, mm-hmm. that suffers from that same overplayed thing, and that is uh, "You Could Be Mine." Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Unfortunately, because yeah. of the uh, association with Terminator as exactly, well. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with it as a song, but you know, out of everything that Guns N' Roses have played, that's up there with the five or six that you'll hear constantly. Very, very accessible. We back to me. We back to you. We're back to me. What shall we go for? All right, it's going to come up at some point. Pantera. Oh, okay. The Great Southern Trend Kill. Right. Yes. Now this is probably a little bit debatable to a lot of people because actually I I, I could easily have raised an argument to say that I listened to Cowboys from Hell and Vulgar Display of Power, and they all had a deep and meaningful impact on my metal taste and mm. and on my life for a period of time. But my favorite Pantera album by a long way, it's a great Southern Tranquil. I think it is by far and away their best album. Um, that's not to say that I don't like the other albums, but this has just got, the, you know, songs like 13 Steps, Drag the Waters, yep. uh, Suicide Note Part 1 and Part 2. Floods. Uh, Floods. Floods is my favourite Pantera song of all time. Oh, really? Okay. You know, mm. I just think it is such a solid album. And actually the song itself, the great Southern um, Tranquil. Yeah, the opener. The yeah. opener, which starts off... Like it just, it just blow your head off. 
literally it just starts off as it you know it means yeah it just yeah it's just straight in isn't it um my favorite song on the album actually is not any of the ones that i've just listed it is living through me hell's wrath okay which is probably in my opinion pantera's heaviest song that's certainly not one that's been brought up ever well i I can't even remember how that goes don't sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fail miserably. Like trying to sing to go, it. Yeah. No, I was trying to think of if it was like maybe a key verse or 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 a line in it that make you go, oh yeah, no, I remember it now. Living from me, hell's wrath is in is it's pure insanity, but it also has it has this nice mix where it actually goes into this sort of slower, like dark, almost black metal sort of style for a little second. Phil mm. sort of talking in a deep, dark voice, and yeah, it's it's a full on song. But as an album, I love it. I love it. Brilliant. Writing on the wall, really, then, because after that, it was only um, reinventing the steel. Yeah. So that was kind of really it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am, I'm not knowing the Pantera in the same way as you are. Um, Cowboys for Hell was my introduction, um, but obviously Vulgar Display of Power is the one that sticks the most. I remember going back and listening to the first four, trying to, like, work back when I was basically grabbing everything possible and um, knew they the first four albums that were pre- what they would become back yeah. when they were like a, a hair oh, metal right, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesus Christ, is yeah. that a shock to the system, you know? Yeah, they changed. Yeah, they, they changed really, really bit. did. I but, mean, we tend to not talk about Pantera as in like, it, they, they started with Cowboy from yeah. Hell is kind of what we It's tend two to different refer to. bands, basically. But yeah, real, you think about it as well, consider just Cowboys from Hell, Volga, um, what's it called, um, Great Southern and Reinvent in the Steel, which, you know, yeah. it's a, they burned out quick. They were short. I mean, I know there are reasons and stuff like that. Ignoring Dimebag's death, like mm-hmm. they had split by then anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously far beyond driven in that mix as well. Mm. It? It doesn't get. Yeah, you can't, actually, no, I completely forgot about yeah. far beyond driven. Yeah. So it really went fast and sort of burn out. But then we got down it from it, so it's kind of like it did. But that's, I guess the thing with Pantera is that it was fast, but that was kind of like every, that was what Pantera were. Mm. Everything was fast, hard. You know, I don't know if you have any, if you remember these. They used to do these home videos. Um, like there's a couple of them on VHS as well. It was like Pantera three and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And it'd be like a, where they bring camcorders out with them while it was about smashing up hotels. I've it's like it was like watching I don't know like Jackass, but it was Pantera. Did they show some of that before we saw Down? Yes, that that's was, that the, was the stuff, video, right? Yeah. yeah, the hotel with um, Zach Wilde and mm-hmm. things like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking about um, the first time. I saw Dan, presumably the first time you did as well at Brixton. Yeah. And there was no support, it was basically a video. Yeah, the support, there was meant to be support, wasn't it? But he came out and he said that um, the support basically mugged us off because they want they suddenly turned around and changed their demands to ask for loads of money. Uh, uh, something like, like who, who do you think they are? We're just going to play this video instead. Oh, right. You know, their money was coming out with us. You know, that was Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they played this like home video <laughs> instead, which was at Pantera 3, I think it was called. Right, my next one is again a more modern one, but you know, I think it's probably the most oh, seminal black metal album, probably probably of the last ten years, maybe maybe even longer, because of how important it was and how um how it changed even uh, non black metal fans of the world and Behemoth's the Satanist, mm-hmm. um, which pretty much is what critically and and anyone that listened to it considered to be a, a, a career-defining album you know and it's like what i love about this album is it's i'd list i knew behemoth before this fortunately i wasn't a big fan but i knew their music beforehand so it wasn't an issue about checking it out and from like it's what nine tracks long from beginning to end it was so fucking 
good. And not only that, like they didn't compromise. It wasn't like they tried to go for a lighter sound or go a bit softer or try and introduce um, atmospherics and things like that. It was as heavy as anything else. And then following this, I see, I've saw them live quite a few times at festivals and stuff like that. And they basically created a show around it as well that really, it's evil. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an evil album and everything around it was evil and the title and it was designed to not compromise whatever they were before. And it was, um, this was coming off after he'd, you know, got through the chemo as well. It's, it's an incredible album basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not as familiar with it as you are. Mm. I'm pretty sure I've seen Behemoth. I think I've seen, um, pretty sure I have, but I might be wrong. Might be wrong. Did it, was it Behemoth that we saw with Cradle and Cradle tried to be all hardcore? Yeah, well, that wasn't that wouldn't have been no that was Gorgoroth and yeah. um yeah that was that black metal thing and Cradle just went oh we're gonna play all our heavier stuff right yeah. now you know <laughs> none of the none of the girl stuff look singing how, look how dark we are yeah <laughs> yeah all right so my next one quite modern uh, mm. from 2012 the Enfant Sauvage by okay. Gojira <laughs> which might sound like a bit of an odd one but I wasn't a Gojira fan by any stretch of the imagination until this album came out. Um, I think it's a fantastic album. I yep. still play it a lot today. I really do. The song "Liquid Fire" and "Gift of Guilt" yeah. probably more so than anything else. But I don't. I remember playing it for the first time and not disliking a single thing on the album. You know, and then actually when I listened to the album, rather than being like I'm gonna listen to track two, then seven, then nine. Oh yeah. Being happy to just play it on a loop, over and over again. Just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like it, right. So my, I, I, I had a earlier introduction through them, thankfully, um, not like album wise, because it was actually one or two songs, and it was um, the way of all flesh mm -hmm. from two thousand eight, and there's a particular song on it. I remember what's called um, a sight to behold, that hat was so weird and wacky and so different, but heavy at the same time that really caught my attention. But then, like I said, L'Enfant Sauvage, like I said it right. Um, yeah. Was definitely to me more probably the most complete Gojira album. Yeah, I think it, the I think it's their best album still. Yeah, I do as well. I mean, yeah, a lot, better, a lot better than Magma personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Magma a lot. Um, yeah, I like Magma certainly too, not. I think the thing that the why L'Enfant Sauvage worked for me, whereas maybe some of the earlier stuff did, is that I actually think it's rain. It rains the wackiness in a little bit and it lets the metal shine through a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so it kind of it, it, it's just got the right balance it's balanced perfectly whereas I think some of the earlier stuff was balanced a little bit too much to trying to be overly creative overly technical if you if you, you go know. back and listen to The Way of All Flesh you'll definitely find a lot of that a lot of that in there yeah. like the more technical weirdness and stuff like that and definitely I mean it's still very technical this album there's a lot of prog progressive metal a lot of technicality mm. in there but I don't know it just seems a little bit more restrained which was for the better yeah and it's weird you said a gift of guilt because like I've got that's one of my ringtones. Yeah. It still is. The dan -na 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 -na, the guitar bit because it's so fucking good. I mean, and, and you know, for the band as well. I know they, they were popular beforehand, but yeah. that band, it's, it's actually that album really that pushed them towards yeah. being a headliner or, or close to being a headliner. A headliner Bloodstock yeah. this year. Yeah, but I mean, they've had Magma now. But it, oh, yeah. it, it, the popularity growth came from yeah. Savage. It went from being like a... Because you're a pretty cool to suddenly being like this huge band yeah. you know, that everybody knows. Everybody knows their name. Which I'm happy for them. Cool. Right, I'm going to go to a band that you know very well as much as I do. And the album I've chosen is not the one you might expect. I actually scribble out the original because I, I felt like I was lying to myself. So I was like, no, tell the truth. 
It's the offspring. All right. Um, the offspring, basically, huge part of me growing up. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably earliest memories are from Smash. Mm-hmm. They are, um, you know, um, come out and play yep. songs like that. However, the album that really sticks out, the one that I'm like, yeah, that's the one that you listen to more, more than anything else, and that's still think back to go, yeah, I love songs. Is Ixnay and Hombre. Um because of the meaning of the life, which was fast, punky, super fucking cool. Me and my lady, gone away, which I thought was so fucking cool. Yeah, gone away um, this song. Yeah, all I want, which once I well, arguably overplayed. If you played Crazy Taxi, because it, it, yeah. it was one of the soundtracks of it, <laughs> songs in it that would play as you drove around. Um, Change the world, end the song, and all that. Um, and like I said, I originally watched Smash because I like, know Smash is so seminal, so important. It's like yeah, but it wasn't that big of a deal to you. And it's like yeah, it's in the Humber was and still is you know i i've um i saw offspring at download festival like 2009 uh but i don't remember anything from it and then i finally caught them at their own show about two years ago at brixton and um every it was so fucking good like to hear these songs that i've grown up with and enjoyed and yeah they are arguably well they are i'm not gonna say arguably they're a pale imitation of what they were yeah you know the 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 last couple of albums have been incredibly missed more than hits maybe the odd song here and there uh but for a run of ixnay smash conspiracy one as well forgetting one i think in between that what's the one with pretty fly for a white guy on it and is that not oh uh, americana americana ignore ignore that song because yeah. there, there's an overplayed <laughs> oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, song yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Americana's got some great fucking tracks in it. Staring at the sun, Americana itself. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the one with the? She's got issues. Great little tunes, you know. So why don't you get a job? Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> I, I know, but god damn, that was catchy. Yeah, that no, was it is. So it fucking still catchy, is catchy, you know. I mean, again, I haven't got any offspring on it. I didn't even consider the offspring. But if I had it done, maybe it's just because I'm that little bit older than you that I would have actually had smashed. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, yeah. Self esteem was probably the anthem of mm. me and a group of our friends in. For a summer, anyway, you know, self-esteem. Oh yeah, constantly. Even the genocide starts off like la la la. la. Now again, it will be one where I actually avoid because it's probably because of the group of friends I've got. When it comes on, everyone goes, "Oh, do you remember?" Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, enough. But, yeah, the thing with Smash, even like some of the other ones, like Killboy Powerhead yeah. and that fast beat and stuff, and the actual, if you remember, the actual song Smash is fucking brilliant. You know? Yeah. But um yeah, so like for me, that's why I had to include Offspring. It was like, okay, you know, you may not be into your pop punk. I'm uh, I'm nowhere into my pop punk as I used to be. Mm-hmm. I still find bands that I really love. Check out the Dustland Express. They're a modern pop punk band. I gave ten out of ten in a review last you year. You asked me to check them out. Well, I everyone to check them oh, out right, because okay. yeah. I'm just blown away by a modern pop punk band that As you know, it. I struggle with pop punk. I do. Um, yeah. Yes. There are, every every single pop punk band that you will like, I will probably have a song or two that I think are okay. Pretty yeah. cool. You know, but not albums. I can't do albums. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair enough. You know, they're the sort of thing that, like, give me three minutes of them and then get them the fuck off. Yeah, you can't be doing 20, 30, 40 <laughs> minutes know. of it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, my next one. Now, just like you did, I debated on this one. Go on. And then had to say, all right, no, be honest. Because as much as I would love to have put down a previous album, the truth is, is that I was more influenced by Sepultura's Roots. Okay. Yeah. Than yeah. I was by, well, any of the previous, to be honest with you. I, but, you know, I mean, even more hardcore, I'd like to say... I love KSAD. Yeah, you got into it that way, yeah. Arise, that, you know. (laughs) But the truth is is that it was Roots that made me a Sepultura fan. Proper Sepultura fan. Um, It's a huge album. Mm -hmm. I forgot how big it was. I'm looking at it now, but actually just a standard album with 16 songs. 
one hour and 12 minutes long. Mm. God, that's you know? long, isn't it? You kind of forget that. And Shit, we saw them play that live and didn't really consider it. The roots of Sepultura, Max and Igor. Yep. Part of Sepultura anyway. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is literally, there was one song on it, weirdly enough, actually, and maybe it was because of the new metal time that I originally liked probably the most, which I probably hate the most now, God. which is called Look Away, which had Jonathan Davis yeah, and Fred Durst on it. Yeah, fuck, God. So oh all, God. Yeah, all three of them together, which at the time I really liked because, you know, back in, you know, I, I, I liked Jonathan Davis. They were, yeah, they were the, they the were the shit at the time. I never really liked Fred Durst, but it was all right in being on there because... Fred Durst and Jonathan Davis had this whole uh, beef, didn't they? I remember they? this. Yeah. Oh my god. They had this all like this big beef going on, but they were all on a song together, and it was like it was a bit different on the album. It was all like slow and yeah. But yeah, I mean, even these days, songs like Attitude, Ratamata, uh, Spit, Straight Hate, you know, there's, there's loads of them. Dictator shit, uh, and obviously Roots itself, of course, are still banging tunes today. Do you think Roots has ever played now? Now you, um, you, you, you it was... it's, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. It, back in the day, I would have said yeah because it was it, like it's like one of those. If you go to a metal club or or you know a metal night, rock night, Roots will probably be played, just like Cemetery Gates will be played. There's a collection of songs in there. Yeah. Because of my because of life, being older, work, children, um, I don't really end up in that many metal clubs. So the yeah, only way it could be overplayed is if I play it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, out of all the songs that Sepultura have done. Roots would probably get the least playtime from me. Yep. Purely because I, I guess because I've heard it most in my life, you know. And actually, as I've got older, I probably listen to more songs from other albums that Max is in. Yep. Whether it's Soulfly, Cavalier, or Conspiracy, or even earlier Sepultura yep. albums, than I do this album. But this would have been this was probably more pivotal for me. I don't. Yeah. Without this album, I probably who knows if I become a Sepultura fan. No, hundred percent. Anyway. I, 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 I hate what you're saying. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest about this, but I got into them through Morbid Visions. Yeah. That's a lie. <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, fucking yeah. Morbid Visions. No, I, I um, imagine that. If you'd have been what about seven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rocking it, you know. Um, weird enough, right? So I remember, I remember Roots when I was growing up, but only because of a hat, my hat, that hat, my hat, um, yep. was being played on the video the show and with stuff puppet, like that with the puppets walking yeah and I thought it was yeah. cool and I thought yeah. it was weird but I didn't distinct between that and Tool yeah. who also had some wacky name videos and stuff like that right. Sepultura were never part of my radar not even with New Metal because um, obviously they split and stuff like that again until I got a bit older now not not recent years fortunately it was probably I don't know I couldn't say any years but 7, 8 maybe longer where um, Chaos OD and all that came my way and Arise and things like that and it was like okay banging there's some real fucking good songs in this really yeah. really good songs and from then it was back to Roots and from then a fan but actually I became a Max fan for Cavalera Conspiracy as you know I'm a big fucking fan of them um, I just wish they'd toured his country more yeah um, well, he, and, he, he, well he's quite happy to do uh, Max and Igor Roots yeah he's done that like a couple of times a couple now, of times around right yeah. here yeah and now he's back to Soulfly so we're not yeah. getting Cavalera anytime soon um, you know, but I've never been the biggest Soulfly fan. I think too many albums are hit and miss, um, which is kind of bugs me. I liked, um, I, I, I did like Primitive. The first two. Uh, I, 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 do you know that my, my my biggest memory of the first album, the black, uh, it was a black plastic. Ca- I know they're all plastic, but it was different. It was like more fragile plastic, and it had the Soulfly logo, which I have tattooed to my arm <laughs> on the front of it. And my my biggest memory of that album is. Either you, Damon, or Liam breaking the case. Is it? So it never closed. And I, I, I don't know who it was. I, I can't remember. remember it. But I, just, I can picture the album now in my head and opening it and the top bit, you know, where they link uh, in being broken. Really random, random thing. Yeah. 
Um, and actually, I think on the first Soulfly album, there was also a song with Fred Durst. There was, yeah. Fuck, what was that I called? I can't remember what it Jump is. Jump the fuck up? No, 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 that's Corey Taylor. Uh. That's on Primitive. But yeah, but yeah, you know, so so Max, for, all, for Mr. Metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's always loved his collaborations with everybody. Yeah, he has, yeah, yeah. But um, before we move on, yep. I'm going to drop my lid. Um, one A memory that, I want, that happened quite recently. Right, first thing about... Max quickly. Um, I wanted to say this is that um, of all the people I respect in metal, Max is actually probably at the top of the list. People say, "Oh, who you want to go beer with?" It's Max Cavalera. The reason why I respect and love Max Cavalera is because he still is a metal fan. He keeps his ear to the ground. He's constantly checking out new music. You only have to follow him on social media and stuff like that to keep up and see a guy that still adores the genre and is still constantly looking forward, looking for new bands. His children are on bands. You know, he's. Some of them are now in Soulfly and in his band and things like that. It's a family affair with him. It makes me very, very proud to see a man like this. Particularly, I often get frustrated when I see certain artists, whether it's Metallica going to sell art and doing Lulu and stuff mm-hmm. like that, or um, Nurgle from Behemoth, yeah. basically country music, country and... music, and wanting to be a hairdresser and things like that. And it's like, or then t- you know, or Brent, uh, Brent from Mastodon. I don't, you know, we never know if he was just being a wine at Merchant of Years. Turn around and say, oh, I fucking hate metal. It's like. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Thanks for that. Makes me feel great that, you know, Max is almost the epitome of metal. Yeah. And the whole brother issues that came from Sepultura and eventually reunited. Re- now, I own a t-shirt. It's got a hole in it, so I don't wear it anymore. And I don't want to damage it more. From the very first Cavalera tour they did in this country, off Inflicted. And I love that t-shirt because the front of, it's very basic because the back has got CC, but the front is two arms, Max and Eagle's tattooed arms, sort of clasping like hands. And that's it. Yeah. Fucking love that. I think it's such a great t-shirt. And I love that story. And I love how it all come together. And I love how it exists now. But, um, fuck, what was I saying? I was talking about Max and then I was going to say something else. Oh, shit. I don't know what you were going to say. Oh, memory. Right, yeah. yeah. Roots. Uh, Return to Roots tour. Now, we were there. Um, not the second time they did were there. The big bands. I think it was Cannibal Corpse and all that. Just gone uh, December 2017. But back at the, uh, I think it was March last year. So we went to that and... You might remember this, but we had a conversation beforehand about, you know, all right, let's just, let's chill and enjoy, you know, if you feel like doing the pit and all that. Yeah. The moment Roots yeah. kicked in, it was like, we disappeared. We're talking like 10 seconds, it, five, it, five seconds. Completely hilariously funny, yeah. just like how quick we were gone into that pit. I mean, you know, even though we were just saying that, like, actually, it's probably the song that we might avoid the most. The thing with songs on music players and songs alive, it's a big difference. Yeah, it? it really is. I just remember standing there. And we have, we've had this a couple of times recently. It's like a we've, we've got this second wind for pitting almost. Yeah, it's um, and it's maybe it's just like you know credit to the bands because it's the music that's driving us to do it while she sleeps. Well, you did it recently. We were at uh, Architects while she sleeps at Alexandria yeah. Palace, and I thought you'd gonna get a beer, and then suddenly like fifteen minutes later, no, twenty minutes later, you came back. Yeah, we sweaty. stayed there and watched it. It was such a big gig, and it, it you know it didn't feel like a pity kind of thing because while she sleeps, but supporting rather than you know. But I don't know, I was just listening to it and it's like, oh, you got you got to get in there for one, ain't I? I've got to. Yeah. You know, and that's what happened. I was just like, yeah, all right, back, be back in a minute. But with Roots, yeah, like, it just, the minute the first notes kicked in, it was just, you don't even think about it, do you? You're just like, yeah, yeah. But I've got to go. Yeah, because I you... think we did the same thing at the um, the manufacture uh, 20th anniversary. Yeah. It was like, hold it off, hold off, hold off. Now, sorry. Yeah. There you go. Hold the jackets. <laughs> you know, I think the thing that's probably changed with age more than anything else now is great. You know, this, like, second win for pitting but also it's because of the music the quality of the music for these bands whether it's a memory album like the reunion yep. or, or the anniversary stuff or the new albums coming out 
you know, but the one thing that has changed now is that I won't and I can't stay in a pit. Oh no, yeah, it's in. It's like, and leave. You know, I think um, evening with Machine Head. You know, I was probably in the pit. I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight times altogether. But uh, that, but it was like two tracks. Come on, go yeah. Two tracks. And you almost plan it now. I'm like, what's the next song gonna be? Oh, I jump in for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, plot like your pathway. Yeah. Oh, I'm done then. And the thing is, like, because I'm I'm quite a big bloke, as in like, uh, you know, I'm not fat or anything like that but I'm, I look quite big in the pit so what I get in the pit now when I was younger I was like the one tapping people on the shoulder going lift me up mate yeah but now all I get is like people see me as like a step oh, okay. I stand there and people are just constantly look at me and they go oh he's big lift me up mate yeah, lift yeah. Me up. <laughs> one after the other and you get to the point where I'm standing with my back to the band going right next next <laughs> next so yeah that is um, that is true right so should I give you my next one then, shall I? Didn't you just do one? Yeah, you did. did se- yeah, you did Sepultura. Oh, I did. Oh, <clears throat> I was trying to trying to jump the queue. Right. Yeah. So this one is one you're. I don't even know if you'll know. You'll know the band, but I certainly don't know if you'll know the album. But this is arguably on the list, probably my most important of my youth. It's at the drive-in. Oh, okay. Relationship of Command. Now, if you're an at the drive-in fan, you know as soon as the relationship of command, you went, oh yeah, fuck that album. Um, the reason why this is important is because this is the first time I learned how important lyrics could be. Now, I had never listened to a band before at the driving who ha- I saw such intense energy. Like, that is a band that at least they used to be crazy intense. And some of the songs they had in that Pan Against Use and One Arm Scissor, uh, Rolodex Propaganda with Iggy fucking Pop of all people. I didn't know who Iggy Pop was at the time and stuff yeah. like that. Fucking incredible. But it's actually the song, the one that changed everything, was called Invalid Litter Department. And it was a slow song, very melodic. But it was an almost spoken word at times, and it was it was um, now I'm gonna try and remember exactly what how what the story was, but it was to do with the Me- Mexico, a Mexican government covering up the deaths of X amount of prostitutes and people that had gone missing. And the video was really was using real footage of mass graves and things like that. And I was just like, whoa, like you know, he's like, what the fuck? Like they're speaking yeah. like musically, it sounded great, but lyrically, they were telling a story. And of injustice and stuff like that it really fucking resonate. Really resonated with me. I always, I remember listening to this album nonstop for basically two weeks while I did a uh, work experience at um, at a. I was in college. I did work experience at this charity. Where basically I sat there for two weeks in Bromley, inputting these little cards into this Excel sheet. It right. was boring. People there were nice, but I, for some reason I remember the woman there that occasionally try and engage me in conversation. Because I would always say to him, look, is it cool for listening to my music while I'm doing this? You know, they're like, yeah, no worries. And one time she gave me a conversation, she was like, oh, you know, talking about metal and all that. She's like, well, what do you do? What do you listen to when you relax? And for some reason I went, at the driving. <laughs> Even though it was all about energy and all that. Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, I don't know. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. It sticks in my head that. But yeah, I, I, I think that's one of, one of my, all, well, it still is one of all time favourite band um, albums. Not a band, not a band I love overall. I, yeah. I still, I find the rest of the music very hit and miss. Early stuff can be very sketchy and what they put put out this year, Inter Talica, Inter Tal, whatever, it's, it's a weird name, was pretty awful. I know very, very, you're right, you're absolutely right what you said about me at the beginning. I, I do, I have heard of the name. Um, I do not, I, there might be a hit or two that if you played it, I'd be mm. like, oh yeah, I recognise that song. But I can't in my head right now associate a single song to them. There you go. See, we do have some different tastes. Yeah, some genre, some I don't know, age-related albums I missed. Maybe I don't know. This was when was this released? This was released. Oh, 2000, September 2000s. What was I listening to in 2000? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, what (laughs) was that in 2000? Disturbed, the sickness, um, toxicity, system of a down. I think that was 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, next on the list. I had to debate about putting this band on there because I have some negative feelings towards them. Okay. But I'd be lying if I didn't say this album wasn't pivotal, and that is Korn's debut, Korn. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I was a huge Korn fan. Yeah. I, I love the debut. I'm not as big a fan of Life uh, as of Life is PG. I don't think it's as good as the debut, and I don't think it's as good as some of the albums that follows, which is mm. quite a controversial thing to say, apparently, because I think Issues and a few of them other albums are bloody banging. Yeah. I really do. I think there's some great tracks yeah. on them. I really do. Uh, as a band... I don't like them. Well, you might days. say why. I mean, it, 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 this is... Jonathan Davis is a dick, man. Like, no, I'm sorry if, that, if that's blunt, but like at the end of the day, whether it... Maybe maybe it all gets reported to us incorrectly or try and be political about it and all that. I hate all the all of their most recent albums. Serenity of Suffering is okay. Mm. It's a bit of a comeback kind of album, I guess. But it's a comeback album after he first of all called us all dicks and hates metal and was never metal in the first place yeah the denial of being a new metal band was one of the oddest things yeah. I've ever read for that was so fucking weird the reason we're putting out what is it called what's the type of music they were doing I forgot um, dubstep dubstep and... it's because we've always been this sort of band we were never a new metal band you called us that and I think like well yeah we were happy to be called it while we was buying your albums brother. <laughs> yeah you made album after album based you know? around and it and what's he going to tell me now that Serenity of Suffering is dubstep because it ain't yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so come make your mind up on this shit However, it doesn't ref- it reflects badly on my opinion of the band, and as such, I struggle to play their earlier music now because they, they left a bit of a bad taste. In my yeah, mind. I think I reviewed a couple of their. You albums. did. You so did you know, it's not stuff, like I yeah. didn't give it a go. I mm. gave it a go, and I'm not. I'm not cool with it at all. Yeah, you know? I'm really not. I don't care about Skrillex. I'm not. I'm never going to care about Skrillex. Yep. he may be a lovely guy. <laughs> Maybe, but musically, he's not what I listen to. Um, but the first album. Corn did get me into them, and I did. I was a fan for I was I don't know maybe five albums in. You know, followed, so the leader, been, followed leader issues. issues. Um, God, what's the one that came up? Would hear the stay and all that on it. Because that was a banging album. It was a good fucking album. Untouchables. Untouchables. Yeah, yeah. And there are actually a couple of tracks on Take a Look in the Mirror. That's right. Yeah, as well. And and I I'll go one further. Is I like a couple of tracks off Untitled. Right, the um, that's it, the white cover one. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't, I don't know that album very well. I don't think. Um, I think there's one called Love Story or Love yeah, Song. Love and Luxury. Um, it's just called like Love or something. Uh, love and Luxury is the only one with the word. Oh, Ever Be, Ever Be. That's it. Sorry, okay. Ever Be. Yeah, <laughs> we're not even close actually. But yeah, on that first album, you know, forgetting about the obvious one, Blind, which obviously was the first bit of guitar music I learned how to play, but also probably the last bit. I learned which how to which play. part? Though? <laughs> 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 okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, you know what? It's been a very long time yeah. since I've listened to that album. Song, Jesus. Shoots and Ladders, Faggot. Yeah. Daddy. Predictable. There's, there's some really, really strong songs on it. And um, it was a great, you know, from a debut for a band. You're talking about a debut at the end of the yeah. day. From the band that essentially, that album is credited for the most part with forming what came after the whole new metal movement. Yeah. So from from impact on a life perspective, I mean, that album had a massive impact on my life. But also, not just because of what it did, but because it was good. It was really, really good. It's really freaky. I remember, actually, a funny story. At some point in my life, I was such a big corn fan, which is why it's so disappointing what happened in the later years, that I used to only buy Adidas gear. I used to buy Adidas. Was that why you were buying Adidas Adidas gear? Because of Jonathan Davis? Jonathan Davis, yeah. (laughs) That's how big a fan I was at one point. (laughs) That's why the come down was so hard, man. When when him and DJ Skrillex started like massive bonfire, yeah. all your Adidas gear. That, yeah, no, I, I, I did. I, I protested hard. I bought Puma. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, I mean, Corn's impact on me was is is pretty fucking huge as well. Um, although again, later, unsurprisingly, freaking um, freaking Alish. Um, Follow the, the Follow the leader, yeah. Follow the leader, but obviously Freaking Leash was so played that was so like, often. That was like the main single, the lead yeah. single on it, I think, wasn't it? But I do remember Blind. I do remember knowing Blind because Blind was a video as well that was shown a lot. Yeah. Um, and I always remember because it opened and like the bassist was sort of bent halfway yeah. down and playing. It was yeah. really fucking weird. I didn't uh, I didn't hear um, Life is Peachy to way, way down the line. And I agree with you, actually. I think it's all right at best. I think yeah. there's some good songs in it. got a couple. Adidas, Good God. Yeah, Good God, yeah. Ones. You know, I've just got some tripe on it, man. Yeah. Low rider. What what is that <laughs> doing on there? Like genuinely. But yeah, so that was such a big deal and um it was issues I consider issues to be Korn's best album. I think it's such an incredibly deep, thoughtful and catchy at times. He, um um, wake up and stuff like yep. that is fucking great. Yeah. And even though there's, there's, oh fuck, what's it called? But there's a short little for you. For you, yeah. That yeah. is so. That was the first time I think I'd ever heard him play bagpipes, and I was like, holy shit. And I saw him do that live. Oh shit! I saw them. Must have been a festival or something. No, like. it was in the O2 Arena. It was um, Ozfest when he did the one day Ozfest thing at the O2 Arena, and they were the main support to Ozzy, and uh, they did it there. And it was so fucking cool. Because I always remember a funny story from that is just as it got to the breakdown of Air Blind, that, oh, you, yeah. I watched some poor girl try start to move through the crowd ahead of me with four beers in her hand. And that place erupted and all you saw was this beer <laughs> go. And it was just like, but then I remember thinking, bitch, did you not know what was about to happen? If I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh shit, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till this calms down. You know what I mean? She, so you're just there. But um. Yeah, that album, when I eventually heard Daddy, like everyone else when you first heard Daddy, yeah. I was completely and utterly taken back. Like, yeah, yeah. really taken back. I mean, back. That shit, that shook up the music thing, to be honest yeah. with you. And, um, yeah, like I said, I was a huge fan. And I guess they, like, that's probably why I'm so disappointed with stuff that happened, because yeah. I never got to see them. But now I don't think I'd ever go. You don't think? Well, because it, well, I'm going to go and see a greatest hits, because then well, am I going to get two tracks from the Paradigm Shift and you stuff might, like that? But the rest... I don't want it. I think, all right, you know, I'm going to keep that in mind. I think next time they it's come down my life, I think I think it's been long enough that I haven't seen Corn in a very long time, and that I think with Sweaty so, of Suffering... I'd rather hear one of their bonus tracks. Yeah, you know, because Corn were quite famous for their bonus tracks, weren't they? Which were like, say, for example, uh, Follow the Leader. Yeah. The first 13 tracks were Silence. Silence. You know, the end of... Um, Daddy, I think it might be Daddy. It's one of the end songs. It's something like it used to happen a lot on metal yeah, albums back in the day. Yeah, you had to wait twelve and a half minutes of silence, and then something would start happening. Yeah, again. Manson did the same Manson on Andy Price well, Superstar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Um, I don't know how you feel about this band. I don't know if you really listen to them, but this is a very modern, modern band for me. <laughs> that um, this was my first proper introduction to. Uh, I used to laugh and get quite annoyed about some of the subgenres that we created. Um, and one that kind of I heard I didn't get was post post rock post hardcore post metal mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then I heard Death Heaven and then I understood what they meant um, and Death Heaven's although Sunbathe was obviously the one most people go to as their best album uh, New Bermuda was the one that I heard and it was five tracks long and like uh, all of them are over eight minutes long two of them are ten minutes long five, you know and yeah. I was blown away uh, there were two two albums I reviewed of theirs and one of them was not Sunbathe which would be the third um, two albums I reviewed, this and um, Tunnel of Trees. Um, 10 out of 10s. They've got 10 out of 10s. So somebody that will be a 10 out of 10 as well. It's the most incredible, imaginative, drifty stuff. Completely changed my perspective. Kind of like the way While She Sleep did, did for me for hardcore. When I was kind of like, I don't want to listen to hardcore. Yeah. And what I've heard, and I heard While She Sleeps, and I was like, oh, you can do, 
you can be that and be different. That's what it was like for me with Death Heaven. It was like, oh shit, this is what people mean. And when they talk about pulse metal and this, as in it's, I, I, I got it and I understood it and it helped me pay attention, understand. And now I can, I feel like I can identify the differences and that was such a big deal, you know? Yeah, I, I, I do know Death Heaven mm -hmm. and I do like Death Heaven. Good. Um, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I've got nothing bad to say about them. I don't. I don't. I don't feel quite as passionate about them as you do. Um, I don't get post. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, no, let, let me let me explain that actually. I do get post. I understand what post is meant to mean. My problem with it is how many things are categorised as post. Yeah. That don't actually sound very post anything. That's and that's my issue with it. Yeah. Bands that are post rock, post metal, but they're just generic metal, generic rock. You can't just stick the word post in front of it and be post. That's not how it works. No, it's not how it works. And I can get like why a band like Death Heaven are post. I get that. But that, my problem with post is that it's it's one of those things in metal that I like. Or rock metal, not just and music now. That's just tagged on the name at the end of a genre now to like try and make a band stand out as something different. And a yep. lot of the time they're not that different. Yeah, it, it is. It There's is. no criticism of them. It's not their fault whatsoever. You know, it's just a genre thing. It's an annoying categorization that we do. No, it is. It is the case. But there you go. Yeah. Okay. How many albums have we done? How many have we got? Well, I, I'm I'm on my tenth one after oh, this. All right. All right. I'm gonna go for my second Machine Head album. Oh, Pivotal really? Album, which is the Blackening. Wait, you got two Machine Head in there? Yeah. Oh I've wow. Two okay. Head in there, which is not probably shouldn't be that surprising because they're like my favorite band. Um, <laughs> both both albums were pivotal. Remember, this isn't the top ten of all time. You know, no, 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 no. In terms no. of what impacted on me, The Blackening is a huge album mm. in, in my life. Massive, massive. Um, I love it. I think it's fantastic. I, do you know what, one of the things why it was so pivotal for me, which is, probably sounds really stupid, because I loved the band so much and I spent most of my early life to everybody else telling me I was an idiot for loving the band yep. who wore tracksuits. And then when The Blackening came out, I got to watch everybody gush over machine Head. yeah i got to watch okay. people magazines rank the blackening as the best album of the decade yeah or the, i think and i can't remember who it was but one magazine ranked the blackening as the best metal album ever above master of puppets with master of puppets at number two and it's always number one yeah that that, that sounds like a metal hammer job done it yeah. that really does and i know it's like it's all at the time and things yep. like that but when you're that much of a fan of a band that just constantly were getting savaged by everybody. And this, through the Ashes of Empire, this started winning people back round, but there were also still many critiques of it saying, right, you know, like one album, we're going to get a rap one next and all that sort of stuff. But that to come out and for everyone to just jaws drop and go, we were wrong about these guys. That is so like brilliant for a fan. Yeah. To go, yes. Yes. I was there. I never turned my back on you. And now finally people are seeing what, I'm, what I knew they could do. So that's why it was pivotal for me. Yeah, um, again, go back to uh, special number one if you want to hear even more talk about the blackening in specific. I'm going to say briefly, I said it in the uh, special number one. Um, I consider the blackening obviously the best machine in album um, mm -hmm. because it is gold from beginning to bloody end. Um, well done them for yep. creating what will go down in history forever as long as we're here. Yeah. Um, if we're still talking about Master of Puppets, yeah, how many years later we'll be talking about a blackening yeah. and so on. So good on them for that. Right, I'm going to go to one that you will agree on, uh, definitely, um, because this was my first introduction into a genre that doesn't really exist, but I get it, and it's Battle Metal, and it's the Tourist album Battle Metal. Yeah. 
Um, it's more of a it's more of a subgenre of power, power. folk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. To I, 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 I'm not going to retell really a story. Go back and listen to a podcast about me meeting him and the fact I didn't know fuck all yeah. about them. That's on a podcast, one of the normal podcasts that you can uh, talk about. But basically, um, this is a yeah. These are these guys consistently surprise me. Album after album after album, and it's really weird with them because initially, like, not I'm, gl- talk- I'm glad you did that only three times because that's where you have to stop. What's that? Album after album after album yeah, after yeah, album. Yeah, but then there was no more album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where they'll release an album. Initially, I'll be like, oh. And then the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like, at first, I didn't really get into Tourist House 2013. Five years ago. God damn. Mm-hmm. It's still silence from that camp. Silence. They, I mean, they're still together because they still do shows. Yes. Oh, the, yes, they are. They've got shows this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, was... they, and they actually did a show over here, didn't they? This folk show that was up north somewhere. With Isanus and a couple of other bands, I, was I think. Be kind of hoping that they'll get announced for Bloodstock, you know. Yeah, I mean, it seems unlikely to be honest. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, the singer, what's the singer's name? Uh, Warlord. Warlord. Yeah. <laughs> he's got another name. His actual name, but it's Warlord. On t- he's on Twitter as his real name, Matthias. Matthias Lingard, yes, yeah, or something yeah. like that. He's extremely active on there, but from a philosophical kind of poet. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, he puts out very, very many statements of philosophical philosophical ideas and concepts and everything like that so i don't know i'm hoping that his twitter feed is, a, is him writing songs is um, what i'm hoping he's doing but i think the albums reflected that side of him because uh, let's make this good i don't think this is battle metal i don't think it's tourist's best album um i think it's hard for me to choose what i think is best because they've all got such great songs or unique things but I, it's like watching a band grow different. yeah it's watching really a band different. grow but battle metal being introduction and the first time i'd seen him live was based off this album and stuff like that um, and it's just filled with, obviously, the track itself, Battle Metal, uh, As Torches Rise, The Messenger, One More, Midnight Sunrise is so... And Red, Rex Reggie Rebellious is such a... They, yeah. Tourists are kings, I think, of doing outro songs that are huge you in scope. Huge. That makes you feel like an ending. It's like, um, what's the last track from Stand Up and Fight about? For us, three, fucking over. hell. Not the best song on the album, though. No. Though. And actually, the epic on that album is End of an Empire. Yes. <laughs> but know, that but, followed yeah. by... Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like, there's storytelling. And... I mean, they kind of actually work, you know, in a way, they, they work hand in hand, don't they? Because it goes End of an Empire with the whole Empire falling. And, and then, then the that. Over. Yeah. Um, and up to this point, I had seen them and I thought they were a jokey band. I, I, and this convinced me that... They might have a silly image to a degree, but the music more than makes up there for it. There are sillier images. Oh, God, yeah. yeah <laughs> there yeah. are a lot sillier images. Jesus. But, like, I hate, I fucking hate that Tourists are lumped in in the same category in people's eyes, a lot of people's eyes, as the likes of Elstorm and so on. Pirate metal. Drives me nuts. Because, you know, fair enough, you like Elstorm, more power to you, but there's a band to me, and bands of that ilk that basically have one thing and one thing alone, that's all they do. And over and over again, and they ain't doing anything new music-wise, not exciting. I mean, as much as I enjoy Evil Scarecrow, Evil Scarecrow, another example of yeah, a band. Great fun, you know, great fun. But you know, it's hard, you don't take them. There's no substance. You don't take them overly serious. Yeah. I mean, as much as I hope, because they seem like decent geezers as well, like Evil Scarecrow. Yeah, you know, where are they going to be in ten albums? Are they going to be there? Are they still going to be doing it? Exactly. I mean, if they do, brilliant, power to them. You know, hopefully they can do it. But I just. I, I became a fan of Evil Scarecrow because of seeing them at Bloodstock with yeah. you and seeing the gimmicks that came along with a lot of the songs, yeah. Crabulon and all the stuff that goes on. Musically, I liked them, but I became a fan because of the gimmicks. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the music on its own, I don't personally think, holds its own for long. Fair enough. It doesn't hold your attention for the album that you come back to five years later. No, no way. You know? 
it's, it's, it's about the gimmicks. And so, you know, I guess as long as they tour and they do these live shows, maybe that will hold for them. You know, they can replay the first couple of albums mm. for the rest of their lives. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how it works out for bands like that. I well, mean, Tourist House have a future if they choose to take it. Yeah. Because they, it's not just about the gimmick. There's also clever music. Wonderful. He's one of the best voices in rock and metal. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, songs are clever. Songs are well written, st- structured well. There's untold variation on an album. You don't yeah. get like 10 tracks of one punchy, type of punchy, music. Yeah. You know, it is literally, it's like a tale, isn't it? Every single album is like a story and, a, yeah. and an adventure. I feel but like they are rapidly becoming irrelevant. Yes. Yeah. There which is, is that. Sad that. Because I'm also a big fan of them. Mm. Um, and I wasn't. I remember you trying to make me watch Battle Metal and me not wanting to watch the bloody thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but eventually I must have watched it because I eventually became a fan. But five years is a long time for any band unless you have got one hell of a back catalogue and fan base to come back to. Yeah, you're not Metallica. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so, I agree. I, mean, I agree. It, it, it's not like it's done. Bring an album out in the next year or so make it a good one yeah and then you're straight back into yeah. it again you know do a nice big tour come back to the uk yeah yeah and then you're back into it but what you how long can you wait how long does it wait like what you got six seven eight years yeah what about the like you said you know what we do at gbhbl is we're looking at all the new bands coming out how long do we wait for tourist ass when there are all these other bands coming out yeah and all it takes is someone music. to do a similar thing yeah and just do it better yeah. and be around and be relevant yeah. and be here so yeah, yeah i hope i hope i hope they know that i hope they're working on something i hope there's things happening you yeah, know they're just doing it quietly yeah yeah <clears throat> you know you know you never know with these bands sometimes out of the blue in it you know you just get a band release a single and say oh by the way a new album coming out in well yeah i mean three weeks time yeah we <laughs> at the gate suddenly in the next couple of uh, yeah. weeks uh judas priest i thought it wasn't uh, it, it still was only like announced a month yeah. and a half two months ago and suddenly it's here yeah, winterfell you know? as well i didn't yeah. i wasn't I wasn't aware there was a new album coming out. And then last week, they released two singles very quickly. And it's due out on the 7th of April. Yeah, I literally only knew because you see your review, yeah. your so, review suddenly. So, I mean, that's like four, five weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So, you never know with Tourist House. It could simply be a case of that, you know, maybe at some point, there'll just be a song will appear or an announcement will come out. And, and then three months rolling. later, we've got an album coming yeah. out, you know. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Do you have any more? I had an 11th out of 10, but uh, I've done 10. We might was, do, do the, I, I'll do the eleventh one, but it was more of a more of so I could regale everyone with a comical story. Then, yeah, that's so the point. Tell it because it, it it was a pivotal album to me in that it kind of defined a summer mm. rather than that it um you know was maybe like the world's greatest metal album or anything like Go that on. you know and it was a uh, Animal by Guar. Really? Okay. So this that young couple of friends we went away on like a weekend away to um like you know one of the campsites kind of great yarmouth or, or something like that yep and um all the way there we, we listened to this album animal mm-hmm. because we were young we were silly we were drinking a lot and um it had a song on it called fucking an animal okay which we thought was hilarious right you know as you do as you do yeah i could see i could <laughs> see at, at a certain age Guar, you know, yeah with me and a couple of couple of mates all went down to a caravan got smashed out of face we did silly things like you do you know we tried to make a, a christmas tree out of the empty cans we, uh, all, we had it all stacked from the floor to the ceiling of the caravan i'm so proud of ourselves were you down there at christmas I thought you said summer no 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 but we're making a christmas tree all out right. of cans it was just what, what we you know a pyramid kids <laughs> <laughs> you know? but um 
Yeah, I just, I, I, I mean, that album, I always stick to my mind purely because of that weekend, you know, and everything that was going on and all the silliness and all that sort of stuff. And um, I remember I couldn't drive mm. at the time. Uh, one of our friends, we we're actually going out for a drink with him tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to, he, he had a blue Fiesta, really old blue Fiesta, and it was a proper old banger. His first yeah, I'll bet, yeah. And uh, we used to be able to break into it, like with a stone or something. If you pick something up off the floor, put it in the boot, it would open. Yeah, so we used to like. Yeah. No, it was a banger, so no one's going to nick it. No, nah, exactly. So we would, uh, we we kind of. Um, I remember, like, we, I woke up before everyone else in the caravan. It'd been a heavy night, you know. Uh, I I got up and I I couldn't drive, but I wanted to, and I knew how to get a car in the first gear. So I took his um, car keys, and I took his car, and I started driving it around the campsite. Right. And uh, I just remember, I just got these vivid memories of, I would have probably been driving at about five or six miles an hour because I didn't come out of first gear. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah. know how to change gear. <laughs> you know, so that was it. So I got it going. And, you know, some of these story loops have been filled in by people like, you know, Nick at some point has woken up, gone to the window and his car's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he's gone running around the campsite trying to see where his car's at. His first car, his precious car. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think it's my fucking Nick. Yeah. And I was, uh, in my mind, I'm zooming off down the campsite <laughs> around these little roads. It's fucking and, um, top gear in it. Yeah, like, and I remember, like, I was driving. I remember the window was open, it was sunny, and fucking an animal was blaring out, you know, while I was driving at probably six in the morning at six, seven miles an hour around this campsite. And uh, when he caught up with me, because he did catch up with me walking, <laughs> because that's how slow I was driving, I remember, like, there were two ladies with hand carts that would bring the laundry around. Yeah. Uh, and they were stuck behind me as well. So he said, uh, the story basically, most of it comes from his perspective, which is that way he was running around trying to find where it had gone. He realised it was me that took it. And all he could hear was, I'm fucking an animal. Oh. So that in the distance. So he ran towards this sound of fucking an animal. <laughs> and when he got there, there was me driving at about six miles an hour. And then there's two or three ladies pushing carts with all the towels and laundry on it behind, all stuck behind me while I'm kind of gently cruising along, blaring out, Fucking an animal, but yeah. So there you go. That's, that was your. That was, that was the that was one. That was the. It was pivotal in terms of like you know those things that just happen where they just define the summer or something like that. With yeah. one song or one album, you might just listen to it for three four months. Doesn't mean anything to you after that. Yeah, yeah. But then memories like you just always think back. Like at some point, me and the guy will, will probably tomorrow sit down and we always bring up this story. Like, do you remember that time when? when I found you driving four or five miles an hour around a campsite and you thought you were zooming and all we could hear was I'm fucking an animal in the yeah, background geez. at six in the morning with all people shouting at their caravan windows, shut while the engine's, oh God, yeah. while the engine's screaming because I'm not putting it into second gear. Yeah, and it's just chugging, yeah. These poor old ladies are trying to get past you with their towels. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Mm. So yeah, sounds of the summer. Guar, fucking an animal. And on that, yep, that's, that's it. it. I mean, yeah. Trying to think of a better outro. Trying to think of something no, better. You know, for an outro, feel free, anybody listening to this, to drop us a comment and let us know what you think of our albums. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or what your albums would be. It'd be or, interesting to see, because we're all going to have different experiences, man. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all about experience. Not only that as well, if you've got any ideas about next yeah. specials, let us know, because yeah. these will be... There'll, there'll be more. If any of you have ever driven a Ford Fiesta around a caravan site at six miles an hour, let, yeah. me, let me know. Yeah, we've become best buddies.